Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with Joe Kerr, and we're excited to be with you here today. We have a familiar guest with us here today, Gary Frazier, a respected speaker and writer on the subject of Bible prophecy. And Joe, I know you're excited to have him back. We just got done with Jan Markell's Understanding the Times Conference in Minnesota, and we know that Gary's been right there in the San Diego area at the Your Future in Bible Prophecy Conference with our friend Donald Perkins. It's amazing, uh, the small world that God's connecting here on the issue of Bible prophecy prophecy, isn't it, Joe? Absolutely. And we're glad to have Dr. Frazier back with us today. Excited to dig into this discussion about Israel and America and Bible prophecy in the elections. A lot to talk about. For those unfamiliar, Gary founded Discovery Missions International back in 1985 in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, has a passion for Israel, a passion for world missions, and we're glad to have him here with us today. Gary, thanks for being on A View from the Wall. Hey, Joe, Dylan, thank you so much. Um, It's always a delight and a privilege to be with you guys, especially when we're going to be talking about a subject that uh, I'm very passionate about, uh, and that is the land of Israel, the Jewish people, and biblical prophecy. Right. Well, it's amazing to me how controversial it could be to simply support the land where Jesus lived. But in our culture, seemingly, it's a difficult topic to somehow support Israel as being the ones who have the right to live there and the Jewish people to have the claim on the land. But even more so in the news now, we have politicians arguing about the future of Israel as we consider what happens after this election. Uh, Many of our listeners follow the news on Israel, but they may not know exactly what has happened. Give us just kind of an overview, if you would, of what's taking place with the elections that we're seeing there now? Well, one of the interesting things is, and some of, I'm, most, I'm sure most of the majority, at least of, of, of our listeners, understand that Israel is, a, in fact, a pure democracy, uh, unlike the Constitutional Republic of America, which means in Israel, when they have an election, you really are not voting for a personality per se, you're voting for a party. And so that party uh, then has a you know, uh, an elected quote-unquote leader. And so ultimately that person would then, provided that party wins the majority of seats and is able then to to form a unity government with uh, the other parties because in Israel, we're in America, we have basically, we do have just two political party systems, the Democrats and the Republicans. On the other hand, in Israel, they may have 12, 15, 20 different groups that are vying for power. And so right now, as we you know, begin to learn what's happening in Israel, there is uh, much of what's happening in America is some of the same things are happening in Israel. You have a group that is more to the left of the party that is called the Likud, which has Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as its prime minister, and he's been the longest prime minister, running prime minister in Israel's history. And uh, so you have some who are to the left of him a little bit, and then you have some that are extremely to the left of him, and then you have some that are to the far right of him. So now what we are experiencing is is that Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, is working to uh, try to form a coalition with various different groups so that they can increase the number of seats they have in the Knesset under their control. So at the same time, though, you've got what is called the the New Right Party, uh, and that group, led by Lieberman, is trying to do the same thing. So we won't see... Uh, the ultimate outcome 
of this election in Israel for probably a number of uh, weeks. I want to remind all of our listeners that the prophetic word of God, which is about 25% of Scripture, uh, tells us in Daniel chapter 9 that there is going to come a time when there will be a peace treaty entered into between the nation of Israel and the coming one world government that will also birth the Antichrist, okay? Now, God's prophetic word is fulfilled not like walking in a room and flipping a switch on one from darkness to daylight. It's a process incrementally over time. Now, in order for this prophecy to be fulfilled in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, there will be a process that has already begun a long time ago. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, the book of Revelation, revealed to us that there will be a one-world government. Now, here's the situation. America, as we know it, as we have known it, is going away. The moral fiber of this country is being ripped to shreds by the forces that be. And by the way, it is a satanic spiritual warfare that is being waged in this country. Along with the demise that's taking place in America, at the same time, Israel is marching down the same road. And ultimately, there will come a time when Christ will call his bride home in an event that I call the coming of Christ before the saints. There will be a 70th week of Daniel that is called in Jeremiah 30, verse 3, the time of Jacob's trouble. Many of our listeners know it as the tribulation period. And that tribulation will begin with a peace treaty that the Jewish people will sign, that is the Jewish leadership will sign, with the leader of this coming one world government, which will be the Antichrist of 1 John chapter 2. And that will launch the world into the final seven years in the history of the world. So as I'm watching what's happening both in America and Israel, I am not surprised that this conservative, strong uh, coalition led by Prime Minister Netanyahu is severely under attack. And I'm not surprised that we have a situation in America that borderlines on insanity. That doesn't surprise me because I understand the larger picture of God's prophetic plan and where we are on his time clock. Well, that's such a good way to put it. And there's so much to talk about on this issue. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Gary Frazier talking about Israel's role in Bible prophecy and how we see that coming true in the daily news even today. So stick with us here on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Corey Tenboom lost friends and family in concentration camps during World War II. There was one guard that was especially cruel. Day after day, he tormented prisoners. After the war, Corey became an evangelical storyteller, sharing of how God saw her through the dark days of war. One night, after speaking at an event, that prison guard walked up to the stage where Corey was. He said he had become a believer and needed to ask her for forgiveness. It wasn't easy, and there were tears in her eyes, but she forgave the man because the man Jesus had forgiven her. The guard asked for forgiveness and was blessed. And when Corey extended forgiveness, she was blessed. And we will be too as we follow the example set for us by Christ. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com.
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Dr. Gary Frazier about Israel and end times Bible prophecy. And Joe, this has been amazing to me to see the developments in our headlines recently. Get us started in this segment as we continue our discussion. Well, Gary, you were talking about the difference in the electoral systems in Israel versus the U.S. We talked to Amir Tsarfati over the weekend at Jan Markell's conference, and he was referencing that he feels a little bit the way conservative Christians must have felt when President Obama was elected. It's going to be a different Israel than it was under Netanyahu, isn't it? Well, it will be if, in fact, he's, he's unable to bring a coalition together. I'm not ready to, by any means to throw the towel in. Netanyahu is a very savvy politician, and he has a long-established record in Israel. And so I'm not ready to say yet that uh, Lieberman's party is going to end up winning this thing, but uh, or, or being coming in. Look, here's the worst-case scenario, probably, in my opinion, uh, and that would be that there would be a shared prime ministership. We saw this once before with Shimon Perez and uh, uh, Yitzhak Shamir several years ago in Israel. And so Perez was the prime minister for a certain period of time, and Yitzhak Shamir, who was a conservative from the Likud Party, was a member for a prime minister for a period of time. So a shared prime ministership is probably possible if it comes down to that. My prayer is that Prime Minister Netanyahu will be able to negotiate a coalition that will give them enough seats to form, to be, have a majority enough to form a government. I, that, that's what I'm, that's my hope, my prayer. Right. Uh, whether or not it'll come to pass, don't know. You know, don't my crystal ball is foggy at the moment. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But, you know, uh, uh, Amir is, is correct about this. If, in fact, Netanyahu is out, it will be a different Israel. There is no question about that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Most Americans aren't aware of that situation where there could be a shared leadership, and that's even being talked about in some of the news coming out of Israel Mm -hmm. now, that there could be a portion that's led by Netanyahu and then by the other party. So we're still waiting to see how that unfolds, but that is a possibility as well. Well, it's interesting to me that in addition to what's happening with the elections in Israel, that you see President Donald Trump speaking so strongly regarding U.S.-Israel relations. We've had him speaking at the U.N. just recently, talking about how he's calling on Middle East nations to fully normalize ties with Israel. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, about the importance of supporting Israel as an American nation. Well, first of all, uh, whether a person likes our president, that is, President Trump or not, you almost have to be really, uh, you know, kind of out of balance not to appreciate the policies and the changes that he has taken that has not only bettered our lives overall, but also has regained for us a position of strength in the geopolitical systems of the world. Nations today, once again, that is uh, former Muslim nations in particular, they now fear America once again. And for the, in the previous eight years to his term, they certainly did not. So it's a different ballgame in that sense. Prime, I mean, President Trump understands the value of, uh, of a democracy in the midst of the Muslim world in the Middle East. He also understands uh, the, the, the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, we're not talking about his spiritual level or whether or not he's a born-again believer. I'm not going into any of those things. I'm saying that he understands that a relation, a strong relationship with Israel is a value to the American people. He also understands that God made certain promises to those who would bless the Jews, according to Genesis 12, 3, and he understands those things. And as a result of that, he has been a strong supporter of 
Israel's right to exist in the land that God gave them. Now, why wouldn't you want to be when when you have a nation that supports freedom of religion, that is a democracy, that is, you know, that is a country that contributes so much to the betterment of the world. Right. I mean, walk in any doctor's office in the United States of America and just look around. I will would lay odds that at least half of the medical equipment that is used to better our lives today is coming out of Israel. When you think about what the contributions that the Jewish people have made to the betterment of people all over the world today, it's mind-boggling. And by the way, if it were not for the nation of Israel, much of the Muslim nations around them would be starving to death. Yes, or without water. Yeah, they may rail against Israel in the public media, but under the table, they are they rely on Israel for much of their food. You know, Isaiah 27, 6 says, In the last days Israel shall fill and cover the face of the earth with fresh fruit. Listen, Israel is exporting millions and millions of dollars every year in fresh fruits and vegetables and other commodities to Muslim nations as well as Europe and so forth. So we have much... President Trump, under he gets it about the nation of Israel. And he knows that, in all honesty, they are only, and let me put that in, in caps, highlighted in yellow, let me underline it, they are our only friend in the Middle East. That is an excellent point, and we're going to talk about some of that relationship in just a minute. Um, you alluded to some of this the last time you were on the program and what's in Ezekiel 38. So let's talk a little bit about that prophecy and fill some of our new listeners in a little bit. Break down who the major players are there, what that prophecy is about, and how that fits with where we are in Israel right now. Well, I think that what's happening is, and not to, you know, to our own detriment, and I, it grieves me that this is the situation, but the bottom line here is, is that most uh, Bible-believing of people who at least name the name of Jesus are really uh, not paying a lot of attention to what is going on in the world today. And part of the problem with that is, guys, is that we've not done a real good job in being students of the Word of God. We, uh, we know less than we ought to know about what God's eternal plan for the ages is. It's, it's laid out in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation when we see these things begin to come to pass, we know that he is coming. Look up for your redemption draws now, he tells us. Well, what kind of things are he, is he talking about? Well, first of all, 2,500 years ago, uh, God moved in the heart of his prophet Ezekiel to write about a conflict that would take place after the Jews were regathered from all over the world into their land. Ezekiel 36, verse 24 says, For I will take you out of all the countries, out of all the nations, and bring you back and put you in your land. Now remember that this was 500 years before Jesus. Only in 70 A.D. then would the Jewish people be scattered into all the world. And finally, in 135 A.D., the name of Israel would be changed to Syria-Palestinia by Hadrian, the Roman emperor. And for 1878 years, you couldn't find Israel on a map. But God's promise was, in Ezekiel 36:24, as well as numerous other places, Isaiah 11, 11, and on and on we could talk about, Jeremiah 31, God promises to bring the Jewish people back and put them in their land. And then following that return, we find out that there's going to be a coalition that will come against the nation of Israel uh, with the sole purpose of wiping them off of the face of the map. And that's what chapters 38 and 39, 52 of the most exciting verses, in my opinion, in the Bible, really. And as we learn what this prophecy is, what we find out is that God gets specific and gives us names. 
And so in chapter 38, verse 2, he says, Gog of Magog. Now, Gog is a Hebrew word, Rosh, which means head up. And Magog is an ancient country. And here's what's interesting. All we have to do is go to Genesis chapter 10, and we can find out who the Magogians were. Uh, And so we find out that the Magogians were those who occupy the same territory that Russia occupies today. And so we can say that there is going to be a Russian-led Muslim coalition that will attack the Jewish people on the mountains of Israel. Now, why can we say, why would we say a Muslim coalition? Because in verse 5, it, the first country mentioned after Magog, or, that, or slash Russia, is Persia. Persia is modern-day Iran. So when the Iranian Republic was born in 1938, what do we hear from Iran? We're going to wipe the Jews off the face of the map. We're going to enrich Iranian to get a bomb. And when we get a bomb, we're going to use it first to destroy Israel. Then we're coming after the West, that is, America. And so it shouldn't surprise us that every day in the media, we hear this rattle, this saber rattling of Iran, you know, is, is constantly prodding the situation. They're constantly positioned now on the northern border of Israel, up in Syria. The, uh, the elite Iranian forces are there. They're in the country of Jordan. Uh, etc. And we are hearing about potential war between Israel and Iran. This shouldn't really surprise anybody since God already told us it's going to happen. But it's not just Iran. He goes on to talk about these countries such as Kush, which was the Sudan of Africa, put Libya, the northern part of the continent of Africa. And then all of these other various nations, in one way or another, were in portions of what today we know as Turkey. But one of the keys was that Turkey itself, since it's in birth in 1923 under Kemal uh as a secular, not a purely religious nation, although the religion is Islam, but as a secular nation, Turkey was always a friend of the West. So students of Scripture for years have looked at this and said, well, the problem is that coalition is not complete. But then when Turkey elected Mr. Erdogan, an avowed Islamist, a few years ago to the position of president in Turkey, he had turned Turkey hard back to uh, Sharia law, etc. And now that coalition named in scripture 2,500 years ago exists, and they all agree on one thing. We are going to wipe the Jews off the face of the map. Wow. Well, this is a fascinating discussion of Israel and prophecy, but what about America's role? When we come back, we'll talk more about this with our special guest, Gary Frazier. So stay with us. A view from the wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose. And at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well, The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com.
We're back here on A View from the Wall. We've been having a great conversation today with Gary Frazier discussing the current political situation in Israel, how it relates to what happens in Ezekiel and other parts of the scriptures. And now we want to talk a little bit about here at home in America. We've alluded to this relationship between America and Israel, and now we're going to talk a little bit more about this in detail. So, Gary, if you would, in this segment, tell us a little bit about this connection between America and Israel that we currently have that seems to be a strong tie and what this could signify when it comes to looking ahead in terms of what prophetic significance there could be? Well, first of all, let me go back and just say that uh, that there is no question in my mind that America was birthed supernaturally of God for two primary reasons. Number one, we were to be the greatest gospel-sending nation on the face of the earth. We were to take the message of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. We were to take that message to the whole world. And America was founded on this religious principle that allowed that to take place. Number two, America was birthed to be a safe haven for the Jewish people who were being persecuted all over the world in their absence from the land of Israel. We had this unique relationship with Israel because Israel prayed for and longed for the coming of Messiah, although he came and they didn't recognize who he was, but they also had the patriarchs. And so they understood that God created the world. He brought the Jewish people this new ethnicity miraculously into existence, and we understood the moral foundations of Scripture, and we knew that those were the things that God had promised to bless. And so America has operated all these many years as a friend of the Jews, and when Israel was born again in 1948, it was only seven minutes later that our president, our then-president, Harry Truman, recognized the, the sovereign right of the Jewish people to their homeland, and, and, and on the world stage, that was huge. Now, this president, that is President Trump, understands that relationship probably better than any president we've had in my lifetime. The reason being is that he understands that morality, not just his, but as a nation, morality is good for a people. Work is good. Capitalism is good. All of these principles that he's brought back to the forefront that have gotten lost in the, along the way in the last few years have has had an impact on America. Now, I've had the privilege of spending some time with David Friedman, our current U.S. ambassador in Israel. I had the privilege of being there for the opening of the embassy um, in May of the year before last. And the bottom line was this, is that while President Clinton agreed to it, while in, in our Congress voted for it, uh, you know, obviously George W. Bush didn't have a willingness to do it. Barack Obama certainly didn't. President Trump said, this is the only country in the world where our, our embassy is not in the capital. We're, mo- we're going to do what presidents have talked about, but didn't have the courage to do it. He did it. And frankly, I thank God for that because it was the right thing to do. Our embassy now sits in the city of Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. And we respect the Jewish people. We support the Jewish people because we are like-minded in so many different ways, primarily our basis being the authoritative word of God. Gary, it's difficult to see the positive in politics. Sometimes we talked about Titus chapter 2, verse 13, which calls the rapture, which we talk about a lot, the blessed hope. Uh, we like to conclude the program with a word of encouragement and challenge to our watchmen and women around the world. Talk about that blessed hope in the midst of all this turmoil. Well, I think that, first of all, as Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day because they failed to recognize the signs of the time. They were better at predicting weather than they were recognizing what was happening around them. And that was that the Messiah was in their midst. Uh, 
And, and you know, First Chronicles 12.32 says that the middle of the tribe of Issachar were men who understood the times in which they lived, and they knew what Israel ought to do. You know, I believe God has a group of people here today who understood the times and understand the times in which we live, and they realize that we're standing on the threshold of the soon coming of Jesus. And the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, verse 42, for example, are, watch for my coming. And further to that, in verse 44, it says, be ready. Why? Because we don't know when he's going to come, but we see the world changing. We see the world lining up with biblical prophecies, the thing that God has said. And by the way, if anyone wants to know what the future holds, the only reliable source for that is the Word of God. Why? Because as Isaiah 46, 9 says, For I am God, and there is another. I am God, there is none like me, declaring or making known the end from the beginning. So I want all of our listeners to know this. To God, the future is the past. For him, he sees history in a linear fashion from the beginning to the very end, and he knows everything that's going to happen. He's written the final chapter of the history of the world and our own individual lives, and therefore, I can trust him. While I may not understand every nuance of everything that's happened, there's one thing I know. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, which it were not so I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. This also is part of the blessed hope of the coming of Jesus Christ for his bride. And every man, woman, and boy and girl listening to this program who has by faith acknowledged that they are sinful and that their sin has separated them from a holy God and that Jesus Christ, by putting their faith and trust in him and him alone, they can bridge that gap through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and be made right with the holy God. We then are part of his forever family, the bride of Christ, and one day soon, his promise will be fulfilled. He will come for us. He will call us home to take us to the Father's house. Now, that may not sound very appealing to someone, but i got to tell you, if you really know Christ and you know the love he has for us, i got to tell you, you're saying, Maranatha, even so come Lord Jesus. And we're going to meet him. And when I do, I want to hear those words just like you guys do. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We walk not by faith, but by, not by sight, but by faith. And we're trusting him, knowing that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. So if a person is listening to us today and they don't have that blessed assurance that they know Jesus, I got to tell you, I wouldn't waste any time getting on my knees before God and crying out and, and calling upon the name of the Lord and putting my faith and trust in Him because I will tell you, it's much later than most people think. Amen. You've been listening to Gary Frazier. If that is your desire today, you can go to IamAWatchman.com and chat with us right now or contact us for more information on growing in your walk with God. And you can go and find out more about this episode and listen to it and download it for further listening in your walk with the Lord. You can go to IamAWatchman.com, pick it up at any of your favorite uh, podcast destinations, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, or otherwise. And you can also find out more about Gary Frazier at GaryFrazier.com. You can see his videos on YouTube and pick up one of his books. We have Divorcing God, The Two Americas, and The Miracle of Israel, both available at the IamAWatchman.com store. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to being with you next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. 
For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.